Welcome back to another uh, virtual episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. Uh, I'm here with Joey. Hi. And Mike. Hello. And Tom. Hi, Ross. But as you can tell, we are all uh, using the internet to communicate uh, once again, as realizing that the world is in a kind of an unprecedented state. So we're trying something new for ourselves. And you never know. Getting to record in your pajamas is kind of nice. So maybe this will be our new trend from here on out. <laughs> But I do miss you guys. It's nice to be in, in person and being able to. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I look forward we to. We won't talk about screen today. time on this episode, will we? <laughs> there might be a mention or two of uh, screen time as yeah, we're we, having. We said to... some rules need to go. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We talked about we need to change, change and maybe adapt rules and screen time might be one of them, um, which maybe that'll be an episode for. You know, in the upcoming weeks, I know uh, I've, we've got a few people who've asked about that. But, but yeah, speaking of just kind of new new and uh, rethinking of things, um, one thing that's kind of come up with the families at my school, talking with other teachers and friends about this. I mean, we're all in this social isolation mentality right now and doing our parts to stay healthy and safe. Uh, but it can feel it feels so different. And, you know, your routines of life and what you're used to going to work, going to school, wherever, whatever your former or former routine was is no longer. And I think a lot of people are kind of feeling the stress or kind of now getting anxious about that. So uh, that's what I thought we might talk about today, how even when things, un unpredictable things such as this pandemic have come up, that there's still a need or a desire for routine and stability and predictability, especially for young children, and maybe mostly uh, for young children, in that they're not understanding as much as to why can't we go to school? Why can't I go play with my friends? Why do we have to stay inside? Why do we have, and really trying to help them understand it. So I thought we could talk about maybe some ways to address those questions. I think getting into uh, why uh, and how do you make routines within your home for your family? So, hey Tom, yeah. I think you should start because you had to enter into retirement and figure out how to how to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I remember when you started, you were kind of like, "This is weird." Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, you know, it's maybe you guys are getting a taste of what it feels like to have to make up a routine for your life because. When you're working and going to work every day, your 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 life has shape. Uh, you you know you have some predictability. Uh, uh, I have to get up at six o'clock. I'm going to be at work at seven. The kids are arriving at eight, and so there's all these external factors that are are, are determining your routine. Now, when you're at home all the time, it's not the same. <laughs> you know, I, I always joke that it's hard for me to. I have to think in the morning about what day it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Today's, what's today? Sunday. And everybody in America has that feeling right now, Tom. That's yeah. And it's even harder now because um, we don't visit the grandkids and we don't, we don't build in some of those things. Uh -huh. So it, 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 that, that setting up the routine is harder. You know, it, right. kind of on another note, I was thinking about, you know, we have routines in our classroom. The one thing I think we're try we try and be real careful of with when we're setting up routines is they're not too strict and mm -hmm. they're not they're not too segmented, right? Yep. Because if, if if you try and set up those kinds of routines, um, 
there, there's not the flexibility that's necessary. Right. And um, in the classroom, it's more about, like you say, routine and then predictability. It's kind of like first this, then this, then this. Time is not quite as important. I mean, some of it's shaped yeah. by kids. You know when the kids are getting picked up. You know when lunch is being served or something like that. But but it's not so much about X time to X time as it is what's the what's the sequence of events that I can rely on. And you, sometimes you might be able to skip some of those sequences because, um, you know, I, I was talking to my daughter and they were they, there was um, – my my grandson was really working hard at some Lego stuff, building a Lego maze, which, by the way, is math. Yeah. <laughs> Better math than you might get in school. But uh, And he was so involved in what, what he was playing with that they – because they've made a schedule. Um, he, he, he didn't even care about his iPad time. His uh. iPad, and this was supposed to be his iPad time, but he was so involved with what he was doing that she said, okay, this, this is probably more important. And I think with preschoolers, it's a really good idea to have a visual schedule for that because then when you jump, you can sort of point to it and say, oh, we, we went right from whatever, playtime to lunchtime, you know, and so I think visuals can really help kids who, um, I mean, I think there's less anxiety when they're at home, but still the kid who's like, wait, what's happening now? Like part of the predictability is to be able to. Can you talk more about doing? visual? That's kind of uh, all yeah. like baseball for us. I mean, so you're talking about like drawing a stick figure. Yeah. So a stick figure. Um, you can use photos. So if you, I mean, if you have a printer at home or already have photos. A clip art, I suppose. Yeah. You could always print out things too, but just stick figures so like you know playing might have like just a stick figure and holding it could just be a shape to the toy uh, depending on your art skills and then you know that ipad time if it was what thomas just talked about might just be the rectangle you know holding the rectangle now it's um but just something it doesn't have to be great artwork but it's more like the child knows like after two days they'd know oh that one means it's you know, time for our jobs or it's time for lunch. So it's a tool for kids who don't read yet to be able to read yeah. on their own. I'm not, yep. yeah. yeah. And maybe, maybe families need to think about whatever icon they're going to have for mom and dad are working. You yep. know? Yeah. Cause yeah, if you have to be at the computer and can't be interrupted, having the visual of that, especially then they can see, Oh, but next yep. they're actually with me doing this thing. Yeah. So having the visual can help them. Oh, now I'm totally spacing on that's, uh, um, the impulse control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the ways to control your impulses is to be able to use your working memory and imagine what's going to happen. And with young children, they don't have that yet. So being able to visually look and say, oh, it's hard right now to not have mom with me, but I know this is happening because I can see the picture right. that represents it. Right. Well, and as you One said, of the um, things that my uh, granddaughter did was it, she made a schedule with, her gran with my grandson. I mean, they, they've written out the schedule, um, and it's flexible, but they included recess. My niece has recess, too, and we were saying, what's your favorite part of homeschool? And, I mean, she goes, recess! So, <laughs> still recess. It's still, it's still the, probably the number one in the hearts of most children. Yep. Because it's freedom. It's free, and I think that there's that, when you think about your schedule or your routine, Yes, predictability is important, and that re and the stability or kind of the 
not changing your routine every day, keeping it kind of similar, maybe changing up what music and movement time might be if you're gonna if you're gonna kind of structure it as such. But um, I think also not having it feel. I think there's a couple paths of this that I think having you know some so we've encouraged some of our families to kind of follow a similar pattern to what we've already had at school or at, at Wildflower where. You know, we come in, we have our group time after breakfast, we have kind of free player exploration time, then we do have some outside time, then we come back in. So we, and saying, you know, you might have it feel, keeping a similar structure to school might feel already kind of predictable and familiar to your children. But I think that there, yeah, to say 10 o'clock is this time, of 1030 is this time, that's not going to be relevant to them. It's that need uh, as you were saying, Tom, of like, yeah, the, the the Lego maze is so important right now. I think maybe acknowledging saying, hey, you know, up coming up, we were going to have some screen time, but do you want to skip that and just keep doing this? Because it looks like you're really involved in this. And I think th- also giving, especially younger children, that cue or that prompt, because I think they'll be kind of going, hey, what about screen time? You're like, oh, well, we passed that. Now it's time for lunch. And they're like, no, 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 we need to do this thing now. And I think helping them acknowledge that there there can be times to change the schedule but that they're a part of that change right. and going um, back to what the good point that mike was saying about having it be visual you know if you literally can cover up screen time or take screen time off the schedule just to use that example that becomes really concrete decision or choice that the child's making if they see that right. they figure, right. well, oh wait no i really want that you know it, it's just another right. kind of right. decision making tool so one of the other things um that you that that schedule has to be flexible. Yeah. And here's an here's an example. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest grandson just had his birthday on the nineteenth, and usually we all get together as a family. Well, we couldn't do that this time. Mm-hmm. So what my uh, daughter decided with her grandson is they made a card, and they went over to the house of of the of the grandson who was having the birthday. Um, they stood outside on the porch window and they interacted back and forth. In fact, my grandson drew a birthday cake on the window with flames and he, he was encouraging his cousin to blow them out. This is a two-year-old. Mm. And oh. when he blew them out, then my grandson erased the flames. Mm. Well, they say <laughs> birthday and all that kind of stuff. So you, you, you want to, you want that, that schedule has to be flexible enough and you have to be inventive enough to be and creative enough to to allow for those special kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? And maybe it's worth noting now that for young children right now, this is like a really fun time. This is really an interesting time. And as an adult, it can be hard because we have all these adult worries. And to them, it's just this like, oh my gosh, I we're doing this crazy thing. I get this. We got to put a card up to the window. Right. There are going to be times when there's disappointment and frustration from the kids. And obviously, you know, it's okay for that. And to, to, we don't have to tell children not to feel those things, just to be there for those feelings. But knowing that for the most part, they're going to view this time as something really fun. And it's only going to be 10 years from now, 15 years from now, where they're going to like say, oh, that's why we were doing that. That's mm-hmm. The, the couch cushion time every day. You, know, you, can't really, you, re, you really can't uh, schedule serendipity, but yeah. you have to leave room for it. But you have to re- yeah, that's a great way to... And those are the times they're going to remember. And you'll remember too. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and as you're setting up a schedule, if you if the family de- or decides to do that, um, you might be wrong the first time. So, <laughs> you know, don't. I don't think this is you know this is all uncertain for a lot of people. So you might need to do it almost each week. You know, oh, that didn't mm-hmm. really work, or we, that was too much, or we have to rearrange. And with, yeah, if there's multiple ages too, it's that's something I've never had to deal with. Of like. If you have a nine-year-old or a ten-year-old, they might be on a different schedule, and they might want to follow the clock more. Yeah. Right. Um, depending on the child, obviously, and so there might be times where they are going to interact with their sibling, and the older child has to kind of understand we might be more flexible. Like, so I know it's supposed to be time to play with him, but he really wanted to do this Lego thing by himself, and it's longer this time. Or, you know. Right. Um, you'll have to decide as a family, is it one schedule that everyone's following or is it the younger children get one schedule? And I've been thinking about um, all the teachers doing, learning how to do online everything. And uh, I think that's a really good point. Speaking to a teacher audience, so maybe you want to schedule morning meeting at nine for your whole class or something like that, but maybe the sibling has you know, their morning meeting scheduled with their team. Like, you know, there's a, there's a limit to how everybody can be doing all this virtual stuff. And so I don't think we as educators, if we're doing switching to virtual mode can be requiring, it's going to be really hard to require specific times of people. Well, one of the things that's so interesting, you're, you're, you're starting to bring in the adult into this equation. Mm -hmm. And some some adults have a real hard time setting up their own schedule and following their own schedule. It's like, you know, there's this fine balance between too much schedule and not enough schedule. There's a Mm -hmm. whole continuum and adults are on that continuum too. I mean, I can see an adult having a really, really hard time doing any kind of schedule and, but it'd probably be good for them to stretch a little bit and make a little bit of a schedule and then on the other end, when you've got somebody who wants to schedule everything down to the minute, yeah. I mean, there's, there's got to be some kind of movement in that continuum. Yeah. Right. It's interesting to think about it in terms for adults. We, we like schedule, predictability, and routine probably just as much as children. It's just ours involves a little bit more uh, mental flexibility or understanding that uh, things may need to change in the moment. So I think that, you know, but we, we as adults want that too. If we had, uh, if, if you woke up every day and you, the time you were going to work or your favorite television shows or podcasts weren't being released on their regular schedule, the life would feel pretty unpredictable or unsettling. Mm-hmm. You know, so we, we like it too. Uh, I wanted to go back to that idea of scheduling, or maybe it's building off the topic we're topping up, talking about, because I think what also that means when we're building, when, I, when I'm saying encouraging families to, to create a schedule, it doesn't have to be a new craft or a new project or a new thing every day. I think recognizing yeah. that as we would want to do with children in our classrooms, Build, build on the, a project for several days or maybe for the week the having you have let's say you have a family group time you know to talk about the routine or kind of the schedule of the day after breakfast and then you always kind of go into art time that's that's a good time where you want to do some art stuff but it's not having to plan a new craft or 
things every day, just have the pencils and markers and paper out or having tape and, and um, bunches of uh, paper for collage making. But then let the children come back to that same activity or a slightly modified version of it so they can build on what they're doing rather than it feeling like it has to be planned every day for every minute as That's you're a saying really good point ross i think there will be that sort of i think adults well maybe i'm wrong but i think there's a push for novelty um well you know right. we're all stuck at home i've got to show the kids something new that they've never seen before right versus going to the basement seeing what's old and they just haven't looked at for a while or giving right. them the same thing every day is not a and be, yeah and i think in some ways you think about it it's like the familiarity yeah is the point and Mastery comes from doing the same thing. And um, what do we call it in our phase, the exploratory phase? Yep. You're going to kind of be repeating, repeating, and then you're going to start to, oh, maybe if I do this a little different. And, you know, so it's really good for learning to be trying something, the same thing over and over. Right. And then let the children's interest be like, they may change. Maybe they don't want to do it. But if they have... If you have materials for them, they'll figure that out. Right. I mean, I imagine, I was going to say, I just, I imagine it probably for those families who aren't educators or aren't in these, you know, in, in the world of early childhood, the way that we are, their home probably feels kind of like a pinball machine where <laughs> you're just, you're bouncing all over and that novelty piece. I've got to do this thing. Now I've got to do this thing. Now I've got to do this thing. Now I've got to do this thing rather than letting them really dig in and get into it and, uh, digging in, thinking back to the episode time you talked about going camping and how the children kept coming back to wanting to dig the rocks out of the ground. They would go do stuff, but they wanted to go find that buried treasure. They wanted to go back to it. So if you had, car, you know, moving boxes in the in one part of the house, and they're just building a fort, and they get to go back and draw and tape and cut and put more pieces on and take more pieces off. Well, that might be the art project that lasts the whole week and then they can use it during playtime. And so I think if you recognize that children, you know, often want to dig back into the same topics and they want to get in there, I think that's, you know, it can be a great thing. And that your movement time could be, maybe it's building to go back to more ideas from last week's episode, building, like we mentioned on the Facebook page, like American Ninja Warrior or like obstacle courses at 10 o'clock after snack, but maybe you keep the same one up. Maybe it's just, okay, now it's obstacle time. What are we going to build today? And letting the children kind of be a part of the new process, but the predictability of, oh, this is what we're doing. We know this part's coming. Now I can plan for it differently. And we'll see children's ideas growing more thoughtful or more kind of connected to previous experiences rather than just waiting for the next craft or project that you're going to give them. It's making me think of, you know, yes, if a, if a family isn't uh, well-versed in early childhood, it doesn't, it does not have to be new all the time going back and repeating. And that as teachers, when kids can do things relatively independently, you know, we're there to support. I think that's when we think we've done a really good job, right? When we've set up something that they can actually be, autonomous in using and, and not that we don't support and scaffold, but you know, I think, um, you know, again, if you're not an early childhood educator, you might not know that you don't have to set up every step of a craft or you don't have to, you know, get something that's so hard that a kid can't do it on their own when they can do something on their own and repeated experiences. Like you talk about that box fort Ross. So, you know, okay, I did it yesterday. I know kind of how to do it. So I need mom and dad a little bit less today to go 
and do it. Um, yeah, I just think that's a good point. And I think going back to Tom's point way at the beginning, that idea of for people who don't have early childhood experience, knowing that when you're scheduling these things, it can like literally be the whatever you want to call it, big movement time or maybe call it obstacle time, but knowing that you don't have to plan a lot of stuff through the day, but just kind of larger chunks of time, especially if you have times that you have to do things for work or arrange with another family member. Like, so not feeling that you have to do new things, but also not having to do a lot of things in the day, right? That it's more larger chunks of time, 45 minutes, an hour, right. depending on the child and the family, two hours. I mean, they don't have to be, we're not talking about every 15 minutes you have something new. No, every so. 15 minutes, please. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I think some people feel like that, right? That they feel yeah, like, oh, yeah. this must be what teachers do. Yeah. Exactly. There's a real, I mean, the, the issue is a balance in figuring yeah. out, and that's kind of the adult's role is figuring out what's a good balance. Before we go, I'd like to add maybe one last point that we touched on last week, but I think something to just also be really clear about that on this topic, don't plan everything every 15 minutes. Don't feel like you need that responsibility. Keep things open-ended, but also give time to be a part. I think making sure that you as the adult have your own to your own schedule to say, okay, after lunch, this is my hour of book time, or I'm going to go do my, my chores, or I have to have my meeting after this time. So this is when you're going to have your independent time. This is, I'm going to have my independent time or whatever you want to call it. But I think recognizing that you don't have to, as the adult, don't have to be there with them the whole time. I and you would you would have like okay it's Lego time I'll see you in a little bit I'll play for a little bit but then I'll come back and check on you and it's okay to walk away it's okay to let them have that time to themselves mm-hmm. and make sure it's not just for work make sure you take time for yourself truly for yourself and not just when I'm not working I'm doing something with my ch- it's better to ha- take the time for yourself and then have a focus time where you really are with the child and you're not checking your own social media while quote unquote playing with your child. Right. Really when it's your child's time, you're with your child. Yeah. Absolutely. Cause I, th- I think it's, it, it has to feel challenging or has to feel overwhelming. I think for those families who are especially staying inside most of the time uh, that you, the responsible, you're the, the adult, you are responsible for, the fun and the enjoyment of your children's time. And I think we've talked about it previously, but let your children get bored and let them also figure out some things. So maybe you just have the board hour where you're like, okay, go, what are you going to come up with? What are you going to do? Cause then again, they're building that, that sense that they can do this themselves, that they're not just waiting for you or someone else to fill their time with entertainment that they themselves can. Mm-hmm. I, well, oh, this is where I really started to love drawing because you know, we may have comic book artists or people, in, you know, in 20 years from now, or like, I remember when we were on lockdown and I just got to draw a bunch and I really fell in love with it. Or there might be wait, you know, just things that are waiting for us that can happen on their own as well. Um, well, I think, feel like we could keep talking and maybe we'll come back and yeah, maybe we'll talk more and more topics, but we'll see what the next uh, few weeks of the world have in store for us. Thanks there for meeting online everybody and uh oh yeah if you have if you need a schedule 
uh, family schedule. Just email us. We're I think fifty dollars a piece per child uh, was our going rate. So uh, let us know. But yeah, we're happy to answer questions online on the Facebook page or um, you know just to to help out any way we can for all those that are feeling uh, like they got questions. So thanks everybody for taking yeah. time, and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.